Are you an empath? If so, on a scale of 1 to 10, how strong of an empath are you with 10 being the strongest? I'd love to find out if you are an empath. I'm Tony Bruski, the host of the show, and I'm working on a super secret project right now involving empaths. In the coming months, I'll be able to talk more about it, but right now we're in the casting phase of this project, looking for the right empaths for this project. If you are an empath with fairly strong abilities, you're closer to the higher end of that scale, are not afraid of being on camera, and are comfortable with sharing your story and abilities with a large audience, I want to hear from you. Please send me an email to casting at realghoststoriesonline.com. That's casting, C-A-S-T-I-N-G, at realghoststoriesonline.com. And we can talk a little bit more about what we're working on here and if you'd be a good fit. Casting at realghoststoriesonline.com. Today on Real Ghost Stories Online, a haunted toilet. One family feels there's something haunting a very specific area of their home. Who's the older man with curly hair that disappears into a wall? And the scary ghost from Sissy's room aims its sights on the other child in the house. Those stories and more today on Real Ghost Stories Online. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. That it is, 855-853-4802 is our phone number. Right on the website, Real Ghost Stories Online, with your real ghost stories. We would love to hear them and possibly share them on a future episode of the show. Press subscribe, whatever platform it is you listen to us on. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, you name it. Wherever podcasts are available, you can listen to our program. But press subscribe helps us grow in the rankings on those respective uh, networks. Tony and Jenny Bruski joining you once again. Hi. And how are you this fine day? I'm good. How are you? I am. Uh, I'm doing well. Uh, you know, it's 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 a nice day. It is. It's very pretty out. Uh, yeah, I went to the doctor uh, office earlier this morning just for like a regular checkup and everything. And uh, the lady was in there, uh, was checking out with it. She's like, oh, it's just so nice. It sucks. I have to be in here. And I was trying to cheer her up. And I was like, well, look at you have these beautiful fluorescent lights. <laughs> And there's some nice fake greenery over there. Mm-hmm. It's it really it works out well, and she thought it was funny. But I'm uh, glad she thought it was funny and not just you're being an ass. Like you're an asshole. Get out of here. <laughs> I want to give you an extra shot just for the hell of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, she was uh, so yeah. Uh, so there you go. Um, yeah. Anything exciting and new in uh, in the world of of Jenny Bruski? No, not really. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. Jenny built a mirror. I I did. Um, made a mirror. I made a mirror out of, believe it or not, an old church window. Mm-hmm. But I <laughs> used mirror spray and sprayed the glass, and it looks like uh, it's made out of mercury glass now. Yeah, it, I just and I, I I know. I mean, obviously, you sprayed it. It's not like it's an old mirror or mm-hmm. anything. But I just thought it was. I didn't bring it up on the show the other day when I was talking with Carol. But I we were talking about something, and then that came to mind. I'm like, that's a really funny irony. Of, of just how much you mirrors yeah you're kind of a thing with and it's on an old church window <laughs> i know but i just feel it's different than if it had been an old mirror its whole yeah. life i agree 
it it doesn't have time it hasn't had time to absorb all the bad energy it's so. like you've, you've taken like the caveats of, of every way you could make a mirror not bad <laughs> and created it uh, out of an antique window from a church facility and i really wasn't trying to do that i just yeah. it was a neat window your mom gave us and mm-hmm. i had a perfect spot for it and i thought it'll be perfect as a mirror yeah. so I did that. Now it can sit and absorb energy. And then someone a hundred years from now can get it. And who knows? You can haunt the hell out of their house. Okay. In a hundred years. Sure. What's the deal with this mirror? Although you can't really, it, it's, it's, it's mercury type glass. So you don't really. It's not super reflective. Yeah. It's, it just, it's kind of neat. It just looks yeah. old and kind of creepy. It has that feel to it. Yeah. <laughs> did you ever, when you were a kid, did you I always enjoyed uh, my favorite mirror was like the infinity type mirror um, at a store where remember there's like like four of them yeah. like all kind of do they still do that in stores where there's like four mirrors like usually like in the corner of a clothing department it's a three-way mirror yeah, three, yeah. yeah and you can see like every which angle is that still a thing does that still exist I think in in some dressing rooms yes most okay. most just have one mirror but uh, some of the nicer ones, yeah, you come out and you can see it in three mirrors. And we go to like infinity mm-hmm. if you look at it just the right way. Yeah. And then every once in a while you're like, oh, these are great jeans. Like, who the hell is that strange child that's way off in like the 30th mirror in the reflection? <laughs> but. At my grandmother's house, uh, she had a, a Jack and Jill bathroom, which is like, if you don't know what that is, it's like a Brady Bunch bathroom. You know how you can enter it from two different bedrooms mm-hmm. and there was a full length mirror on both doors so when you had both doors closed you know i used to pre- pretend like it was almost like a rocket you know because then you'd have <laughs> infinite number of people <laughs> doing high kicks sure so i had a lot of fun with that i, I always liked those mirrors they uh mm-hmm. they were always kind of fun and creepy at the same time uh 855-853-4802 is our phone number at real ghost stories online to share your real ghost stories with us if you like the show become an epp extra podcast person on our website ghostpodcast.com or you can do it through patreon.com slash real ghost stories five bucks a month gets you access to all of our bonus episodes all 240 some of those uh also advanced episodes of the program a free e-copy of the book uh and i believe uh jenny will deliver a kitten to you uh, as well if you become an epp no right, right to your doorstep Here's a kitten in a box. You did this just because you knew I had a mouthful of cashews, right? I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, no, no kitten included. I'm sorry. That's not part of the offer. But um, but you do get a lot of good stuff. So uh, there you go. Let's go to our first story. It says, firstly, it runs my mother's side of the family to be more open to the paranormal. My great-grandmother would dream of things that were going to happen. My gran and mother are both mediums and tarot readers who can also do uh, psych, uh, I don't know this word. This is a new one. Psychometry. So, uh, I haven't seen this one before, but okay. I have also had experiences of being more open to the paranormal. I used to live in a house in a small hamlet of Van Ottery in England. I don't know much about the history, but the house we used to live in was very active with the paranormal. I've had a fair few experiences in the house, such as being utterly alone in the house and hearing people downstairs thinking everyone was home. I ran downstairs to see a woman standing facing away from me wearing clothes, not from this period. Also hearing small children in the night running about the landing, thinking it was my younger brother and going out to see he was fast asleep in bed. There was a downstairs toilet in the house in which everyone who went in it, whether they knew about it or not, believed the paranormal after they came out. They would say they felt as if they were being watched, felt like a horrible evil spirit in there that didn't want you there. 
Also experienced a smell of certain cigarette smoke in a particular spot of the house, which was the brand of cigarette my granddad used to smoke. Before this, on the night he passed away, I woke in the middle of the night to see him standing in my room, and he waved. I knew he was waving goodbye, and I knew he had died that night before my mom came to tell me the next morning. We did some filming on the landing of the house where it was most active in the night and got some strange stuff on the recording. We took it to a camera expert who could not explain it. Many other strange things would happen in this property throughout my life. So kind of a little, uh, little almost like tease there. Like, like I, you should write in more and, and, and expound upon these experiences because it sounds like you have quite a few of them. So it wasn't necessarily the toilet bowl itself that was haunted because from the headline, I thought maybe that's what it was. Mm-hmm. But it's just the bathroom itself as a creepy place. Do you ever think there could be a, such a thing as a, I mean, I suppose the answer is yes, because anything could be haunted, but a haunted toilet. Just the, the idea of it being, you know, people, you know, they, I've heard of like, you know, recliners. It was, you know, mm-hmm. oh, this guy loves his chair. There's that certain affinity to certain toilets for some people too. Maybe. Maybe that's a thing. Depends on how much time you spend on it, I guess. Or could it just be the seat that's haunted, not necessarily the entire porcelain unit i don't know yeah i think the lesson there is you should be wary of a couple things you buy resale one of them being toilet seats for a number of reasons <laughs> what's the i mean i would just be worried of the haunting i don't know okay. what else yeah. well you just worry about the haunting then <laughs> um do you think that there's an odd of of what the toilet seat is made out of of it being possibly haunted if it's made out of plastic wood or the ever comfortable vinyl cushion Oh, definitely the vinyl cushion is going to be your most haunted. There's more chances of that having something attached to it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of ways that that could be taken. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of things attached to it, especially the ones that are kind of cracked. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, God. Mm-hmm. Kind of pinches your ass a little bit. It when does. You that. A Did lot. you say you had one of those? For a brief time, we rented a place that had okay. that. that. And okay. it was terrible because it did. It had a big gash in it. And you sit down on it, and it pinches your ass every single time. It's just terrible. I don't. Um, I don't think we ever had a vinyl one, but I think I, I know some relatives did. I don't remember who, but I remember some was like, and it was almost like exotic of an experience. Where you're <laughs> like, like, oh, look at this! It's like cushy when you sit in this toilet. I don't know if my grandpa. I can't. That's funny. I can't place where that vinyl toilet seat was. You'd think I would be able to, to place that as being such a mm-hmm. fond childhood memory and all the random shit I remember. You do re- remember a lot. I know it happened. I just don't know where it was. I remember we had a couch that had like, it was it was not leather. It was um, the faux leather mm-hmm. of like the 70s. Yeah. And it did that same sort of shit. And mm-hmm. it was like, it was like the basement couch. It was the one that. You know, nobody really uses it's just kind of there sure and uh, we were sitting in that and it was the same sort of sensation if you sat on it like in shorts mm-hmm. or something also your legs just get because it's all crackly and mm-hmm. yeah, shitty so oh, there you go I never thought we'd have a conversation about the possibility of uh, toilet seats being haunted based on what they're made out of yeah it's a new one for the show it's a new low <laughs> I wasn't thinking low. I was thinking we're, we're reaching new depths. We're reaching new branches of the tree of ghosts. Okay. We've covered that one. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online. Somebody's going to de- cite that conversation right there in a paper someday about paranormal. They'll be like, well, on Real Ghost Stories Online, <laughs> Tony and Jenny discuss the possibility of toilet seats. Um, and it'll be sure. it's a reference point. Okay. Right there.
Let's go to another letter. It says, odd and unexplainable encounters have always happened to me ever since I was a child. The one that struck me the most was in a previous house that my family and I occupied. We moved in there when I was eight years old, and I still remember the impression I had when I first walked in. It was in the corner of two busy streets, and the sun was shining outside. However, when my family and I walked in, the house was eerily dark, even though there were a lot of windows in the place. It seemed more relaxed than it was outside. However, my family decided to buy a house. From then on, odd things would start to happen. Different levels of the house. It seemed that a different presence was there. Weird things usually happened on the second floor and the basement. As we were moving in, my parents left my older brother and me inside the house. We decided to run around and play tag. There was a large wall partition between the living room and the hallway so that you can run around it. My brother and I were running, and when we got to the end of the partition, we'd peek around the wall to see which direction the other person was headed. However, as we were chasing one another, we started noticing a dark figure running with us. When we stopped on one side of the wall, we peeked around the side to see the dark figure standing there, very still at the end of the wall. We stopped playing and ran upstairs. Another time, as I was in my room studying with the door closed and the radio on, I suddenly felt as if something was approaching. The radio had suddenly changed to a lot of white noise, and suddenly I felt a large presence behind me. It felt like a very tall man was standing beside me. I didn't want to look up, and because he was in between me and the door, I decided to say, I need to study. I don't have time for this. I'm sorry. A few seconds later, the radio came back to the station, and I was there I was listening to, and the presence had left. I then proceeded to run down the stairs. The basement was the worst place to be in, especially if I was alone. In the basement, there were five rooms. The room I was in the most was a computer room, which was directly across the heating room. The computer was faced in a way which you'd have to back towards the heating room and the hallway. Every time I passed by the heating room from the corner of my eye, I'd see a girl with long, dark hair and white clothes standing inside. However, every time I looked up directly, no one would be there. I would always look at it as if I was expecting her to be there or to make sure no one was inside. In the computer room at night, I always felt as if she was staring at me from behind. On one occasion, my mother asked me to do the laundry, which was at the end of the hall in the basement. I hated the laundry room as it had an odd, unfamiliar smell, and it was in the corner of the basement with one little tiny window. On this day during summer, when I went downstairs with the laundry in my hands, it felt oddly quiet. And I approached the laundry room behind the small window of light that shone into the room. There was also a large man standing there. He was, again, very tall and motionless. I dared not go in and just threw the laundry down and ran up the stairs and told my older brother, who was much more fearless than me, to do it. He said he saw absolutely nothing. When my brothers and sister and I were home alone, we'd watch TV in my parents' room. It felt like the warmest room in the house, and we all felt uncomfortable alone by ourselves, either in the living room or in our rooms. It was a bathroom in my parents' room with a door. We always felt uncomfortable with the bathroom door open, so we always made sure it was shut. However, a lot of times, as we'd watch TV, it would slowly open by itself. More than once, one of us would get up and close it, then push it to make sure we shut the door properly, but again, it would always open by itself. Things like this would happen time and time again until we moved. In the old house, my younger siblings and I never discussed what went on. After we moved to our new house, my sister told me in the old house one day, she saw a girl walking up the stairs from the basement, and then proceeded to the second floor. Then another night, she told me that she was playing hide-and-seek with our cousin, and she decided to hide behind her door in her room. After a minute of hiding, she said her 
closet door suddenly opened slowly, and a large man walked out from it. He crossed the window, and in the moonlight, she said she saw an older man with curly hair that he just disappeared into the wall. Her incident seemed to describe and affirm with the same things that I had seen throughout the years. It all very much scared me. That's a very active house with multiple entities. I think that's really interesting. I wonder if the the girl and the large man had anything to do with each other or if they were just there because they at some point had lived in the house. And I wonder when that happens too, are they able to interact with one another if they're from different time periods? Right. That's always a question I have, especially when I'm like interviewing somebody about a haunted location that they're investigating. Because sometimes you have that mm-hmm. where it, the one of the, the most interesting to me was a location where it was... Um, people who I believe were actually of different time periods, which was rare to me because I don't hear that very often, but they were interacting. It was like these, these parental type figures that almost adopted these children uh, who were haunting the house too. And they were all kind of like together, but they were from different families and different periods of time in the home. Mm -hmm. Um, But they all kind of looked out for each other and they would interact with one another um, and, and multiple, um, empaths, psychics, whatever uh, you want to call it that have gone in and investigated all confirm that kind of same narrative. Uh, and, and even some of the interactions from folks who weren't empathic that could just visibly hear and see some of these things, it would make sense that th- these things are interacting with one another. Or these people are interacting with one another. I kind of hope that's the way it is that, you know, if you're going to be a ghost in a house and there's somebody else haunting the house too that you can at least communicate with them it's an interesting thing because i mean we think there's a lot of people that are living in the world there's a lot more that have died yeah so how populated is the dead planet yeah (laughs) with people i mean it's going to be a pretty packed Mm -hmm. house of people all over including places where uh, you know the living are not Mm -hmm. um it's just a weird thing to think about uh 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. Let's go to another uh, letter. It says, hey, love your show. I've always been interested in the supernatural and I've had a few encounters in my life, but that's a lot of stories for a different time. This one regards my children and the experiences they had in our old house. It all started after my son's first birthday. We had just moved into a new house, and because he was still young, we, we uh, set him up in the middle room so he would be close to us. Little backstory, there were three bedrooms. One is right up in the front of the house, one right next to it, and the master down from that. In our old house, he was a fantastic sleeper. Put him down at 6.30, wouldn't hear from him until 9.30 the next morning. All of that changed when we moved. I'd put it down to being a new environment and that he was still adjusting. But four months passed, and I was pregnant with my daughter. He was still waking up at the same time every night, 9.40. My daughter was born, and we moved my son down to the front room so we could set up the nursery in the middle room. As soon as he spent the first night in his new room, his old sleeping pattern came back. A few months passed, and my daughter had moved into the middle room, and once again, she was a good sleeper until she moved into that room, 9.40 every night. By this time, we'd begun toilet training my son, and he was doing well for two months, no accidents, and one day I could hear him screaming from the toilet. I raced up to find him standing in the doorway of the toilet. His face was white. My first thought was, there must be a spider. So I moved him to the side so I could have a look. As soon as I stepped into the room, he started screaming, no, mommy, don't go in there, the man. 
My first response was to ask what man, to which he replied, the scary man from Sissy's room, he's in there. So a quick check of the room, and nothing. After that, his toilet training went downhill, much like my sleep. A few nights after, we were all asleep when I heard a huge bang come from my daughter's room, followed by my daughter screaming. As I rushed through the door, she was standing in her cot with tears streaming down her face, and her chest of drawers tipped over with all the drawers scattered everywhere. The next day, my son came up to me and told me that the man did it. He didn't want us there, and we should leave. I asked him about the man. What did he look like? You know, he always replied the same. His eyes eat your insides. After that, we decided to move, and it was the best decision we made. I hope this story wasn't too long. Thank you for the platform to be able to talk about this stuff and not be judged. I'll write in with a few more stories at a later date. Thank you. Again. I think... I think that's one of the scarier things that we've ever had in a story as far as what kids have said about it. He's going to eat your eyes? No, his eyes eat your insides. Oh, your eyes eat your insides, yeah. Because I don't even know what that means. It just sounds terrible. <laughs> he just looks at you and you get eaten. Yeah. That is very creepy. Mm-hmm. And incidentally, also probably the same reason why they, they changed that uh, from the slogan of uh, KFC uh, years ago. It was the... There are our eyes eat your insides to finger looking good. Okay. It's just the, the strangest transition in promotional history ever. Yeah. <laughs> you don't remember that? No, of course I don't remember. It didn't happen. <laughs> KFC, our eyes eat your insides. That was not a thing. That's how it went. Nope. And it was like, then it changed to finger looking good. Um, <laughs> I don't even know what that means. It's just such a weird. Thing. It's scary. Our eyes eat your insides. Gosh. I should make that the title of this. I already have a title on this episode, but I should that should be the title. It's such a weird phrase. His eyes eat your insides. That's yeah. good. That's good. Uh good and, and very traumatic if from coming from a child. Right. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that with us. 855-853-4802 is our phone number. At Real Ghost Stories Online. Remember if you like the show, EPP, become an extra podcast person at ghostpodcast.com. That's kind of fun. Let's go to our next thing. It says this story took place back in January 2006 to catch you all up with some background. This was the month my husband and I first met. We had our first date. We married three months later. Sadly, my brother killed himself back in 2005 at my house while I was at work. I still lived home with our mom. Our mom saw the whole thing. I get a phone call at work from my aunt telling me I need to come home and told me why. And all I could hear was my mom screaming. I rushed home to what seemed like a horror flick. My other brother was there with my sister, aunt, uncle, as well, it seemed like the whole police department and, of course, the coroner. I watched them pick up my brother and drive away. I'm the youngest of my brothers and sisters. My mom was 40 years old when she had me. My brother was 42 when he passed away. Months passed, life went on, and soon it was January. I met my husband while I was at work. Our first date was like nothing I've ever felt before. I knew I loved him from the start. If you read my story that I've written in a while back, you'll see that we have a daughter. She was two when I first met my husband, but she loves him as her dad. So that you understand that part. Well, two weeks from our first date, he popped the question and moved in with me. That's when weird stuff had started to happen. My brother was very protective over his little sister, which was me. I came home from work one day, and me, to be husband, was a little freaked out. I asked what was wrong, and he tells me that stuff in the house has been moving. I thought to myself, okay, whatever. 
That night I wake up and could hear what seemed like a party going on in my living room. My mom was out of town working. Nobody else was there with us, not even my daughter. She stayed the night with her father. I couldn't understand what was being said, and I, for the first time, was too scared to move. I eventually went back to sleep once the noise died down. The next morning, I got up and went to work like I always did, and I remember thinking about what happened and tried to figure out if it was all a dream or what. Well, like I, like always, when I got off, I picked my daughter up from daycare and went home. I cooked, we all ate, got the baths, and before I knew it, it was time for bed. I were laying there, wanting to tell me. I wanted to tell my husband what was going on, but he was already freaked out from what he saw. We all go to sleep this time, and I get woken up by my, let's call him hubby. He seemed like he was trying to scream. He was moving like he was wrestling something. I didn't know if he was dreaming or what was going on. It was dark, and I couldn't see very good at all. He finally started screaming my name and tells me he's been trying to wake me up and has been screaming my name. I didn't know what to think because I was awake or thought I was. My hubby jumps up out of bed, turns the light on in our room and starts telling me that something was trying to pull him through the bed. This time I believed him and wanted to get out of my house as fast as I could. I went and got my daughter out of bed, we grabbed some clothes and left that night. We went and stayed the night at my hubby's parents' house. I remember the next day at work, I was so tired from the night before, and once again, I couldn't get my mind off what was happening. I did what any girl would do by now. I called my mom. She was still out of town, but I started crying and telling her everything that's been happening. My mom ends up coming home because she could tell I was freaked out. So then my mom's home, a few nights go by, and nothing else happens. I remember being too scared to take a shower or to even be in a room by myself. Anyhow, things got quiet for a few weeks, and I remember waking up one night, and something just tells me to check on my mom. So I go to peep into her room, and I see her and her nightlight on, and she was sitting on the side of the bed with her back to me, and I see she has something in her hands. So I go ahead and ask her what she's doing. I look down, and in her hands, I saw she's holding a picture of my dead brother. She starts to cry. I just sat down beside her and just held her. The next day was a weekend, so I was off work. My mom and I did some yard work together that day and didn't say much to each other. Neither of us had much to say. Well, later into the night, my mom comes into my room where I was lying in bed and watching some TV. My mom sits by me and starts telling me she was lying in bed, couldn't sleep last night, and she heard my brother say, Mom. She said she turns and sees him in the bathroom doorway. She said she turned her nightlight on and then he was gone. My mom tells me she thinks it's my brother just protecting me. He hated me dating because they'd break my heart. I guess you'd understand if you have a big brother or sister that protects you or you could be a big brother or sister. After she said that, it seemed like everything made more sense. I remember talking to him and telling him that if it is him, then to stop because what he's doing is scaring me. I guess that's all it took because it stopped. I dream of my brother sometimes and if you remember my first story, you would see my husband, my daughter and I moved to Georgia. And after we had our son, stuff started here. I hope you enjoy my story. Sorry it's long. I tried to keep it short. Thanks for sharing my story on the show. I, I can I can kind of guess that the brother was like, hey, who is this guy? And especially as fast as their relationship matured, mm-hmm. that he was really probably confused, not knowing, you know, what exactly was going on. Mm-hmm. And that's what led to the feelings? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Basically confusion. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, unfortunately, with a a case like this, there's no going back or, uh, you know, rectifying the conversation. 
yeah. of what uh, what happened there. Thank you for sharing that experience with us here on the program. 855-853-4802, our number at Real Ghost Stories Online. Now, the letter, it says this encounter took place back in 1993. I used to be a hairdresser and would do my friend's hair at their houses in my spare time. This particular friend of mine and his parents that I befriended and I got along like peaches and cream. Well, as our friendship became stronger, I'd go over and do their hair without him being at home. We had what you would call a bartering system. I would do their hair and they would pay for their services by getting food from the local taco truck. Everything was routine as usual. My friend's parents called me to come over and do their hair that night, which I'd agreed to do. Me and my girlfriend Jennifer packed up my hair cutting tools and went over to Eddie's house. Time was around 10.30 p.m. This time it was the wife that wanted her hair cut. So the husband, his daughter, nicknamed Cheetah, and my girlfriend all left to go to the taco truck, just the mother, and I that were left alone at the house. She asked me if I was ready to cut her hair. I told her that the house was too dark to see what I was doing and that I needed some more light. She told me no problem and that there was a light in Eddie's room. For some strange reason, the house was always dark and very inadequate. Well, I followed her down the hallway to the bedroom and told her to go in first because I didn't know where the light was, which she did. She told me that I had to come in the room to grab the other side of the light because it was a large fluorescent light that you usually find in industrial places. I grabbed the light and she told me to start backing out of the room. What I did, I asked her if she would like me to turn towards the kitchen or the adjacent bedrooms further down the hall. She said that it didn't matter. I turned towards the rooms at the end of the hallway, which meant I was facing the direction of where the kitchen was. Before Mercedes could get out of the room with the other end of the light that she was carrying, I saw a very, very dark figure with a thin build around five foot six in height and was wearing a wavy jet and had wavy jet black hair, but five inches in length, running full sprint from her living room across the hallway into the breakfast nook. All of my hair stood on end, and I yelled at Mercedes. That someone was in her house. So we set the light on the floor and I ran down the hallway into the kitchen and led to the breakfast nook, trying to meet whatever or whoever it was. The only way this person or entity could have gotten out of the house would be through the garage. I went to open the door that led to the garage and I was shocked. It was very much locked. I turned the latch and stepped out into the garage and no one was there. The garage door was down and the side door that leads out of the garage was closed and also locked. When I got freaked out because I now knew it wasn't a human. It was a ghost or a demon. The reason why I don't know what it was is that it was super is that I knew it was supernatural, but it was very dark, which takes on the commonalities of a demonic spirit, in my opinion. I was always told that the parents haunted the house, but I never believed them because they joked around so much, especially the husband. I'm a firm believer in ghosts, spirits, and demons because I saw what I saw with my own eyes. I still think about that night from time to time. I'll never forget what I saw. The question I have is, was it a ghost or demon? That's hard to know. Jenny, you, <laughs> you have the final answer on this. I don't know. It sounds more like a ghost. Yeah, I mean, there's not much evidence to say it was a demon other than it was dark. Um, and that, I think, is a very common misconception Mm-hmm. Where it's because it's dark, it's a shadow, it's a demon. No, it's not always. Yeah, it's just that, that may just be how it's presenting itself. I, I'm I'm leaning much more towards ghost mm-hmm. too, or and a ghost that didn't want to be seen either, mm-hmm. and didn't want to have anything to do with with the living, and just kind of almost like oh shit, I've been seen, and 
Right. I don't want to scare you. I don't want to freak you. I'm just, I'm out. I'm going to run away. Mm-hmm. So, probably a, not a bad ghost either. Just another confused ghost. Yeah. Like, I'm over here. I'm not sure why. And mm-hmm. you found me. Here's your gold star. You happy, you living people? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online. And that's going to wrap up the program for today. If you like the show, become an EPP Extra Podcast person. Get all the bonus episodes of the show at ghostpodcast.com or through patreon.com slash Stories. It's only $5 a month. Get access to all of the bonus content. Get a free e-copy of our Amazon best-selling book, uh, advanced episodes, and more stuff. It's all there. Ghostpodcast.com, patreon.com slash Stories. Until next time, for Jenny and Tony, thanks for listening to another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. The Samson Barbecue Grill is the official grill of backyard fun for you and your mosquitoes. Whether you're grilling for one or feeding the whole brood of mosquitoes, our durable and portable grills are perfect for patios, backyards, and engorged mosquitoes. Don't let mosquitoes ruin the moment. Orkin, home is where the bugs aren't. Visit orkin.com to learn more. The Samson Barbecue Grill is the official grill of backyard fun for you and your mosquitoes. Whether you're grilling for one or feeding the whole brood of mosquitoes, our durable and portable grills are perfect for patios, backyards, and engorged mosquitoes. Don't let mosquitoes ruin the moment. Orkin, home is where the bugs aren't. Visit orkin.com to learn more.